Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. I always enjoy having the opportunity to cover very current topics on the podcast and and uh, in doing so take advantage of the great commentary and feedback and advice that uh, the guests can provide here on a weekly basis. Uh, and with that in mind, I welcome everyone back. This is Jim Mitchell. And today's topic is one that I think has uh, universal interest, as it is, uh, unfortunately, a recurring headline these days. Uh, we're going to talk about identity theft. Uh, that will be our focus on Chicago's legal latte. And I'll be joined by attorney Courtney Kleschinski. Courtney comes to us from Lavelle Law Limited. And today she's going to provide some background on identity theft, uh, I think as well as perhaps some direction on how to protect against it and uh, you know, try and not become one of the many that are getting swept up in, in this uh, very unfortunate crime. So let's get to it. Let's talk about it a little bit. Courtney, welcome back to the podcast. Nice to talk to you again. Thanks so much, Jim. Great to speak with you as well. You know, as I mentioned there, it seems like every week uh, there's another story of a security breach at a, at a major retailer, a bank, uh, some service provider, in which you know different forms of sensitive information about thousands, sometimes millions of individuals is is compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just happening every day. When when we refer to identity theft, what what exactly are we talking about? What happens in that? Well, identity theft can actually be divided into two broad categories. There's financial identity theft and criminal identity theft. And there's a small but really distinct difference between the two. Financial identity theft occurs when someone accesses your personal financial records, such as credit card numbers, personal identification numbers like your social security number, or banking records. And now criminal identity theft occurs when a person is arrested and that person is carrying no identification. And in those cases, they can simply use a substitute name or if they've already stolen a victim's identity documents and looks enough like the victim, uh, the arresting officer oftentimes doesn't notice. And and the sad thing about these types of identity theft is as I said, victims often do not notice that their identity has been stolen until they apply for a job that requires a background check or a records check during a routine traffic stop reveals active warrants, arrests, or even convictions. So it can be a very scary time for someone who's been a victim of this crime. Yeah, and you know, there's a couple things to talk about there, and, and I think that distinction that you provided is, is very interesting because I know, you know it wasn't too many years ago we would be warned, you know, not to lose your driver's license or or don't walk around with your social security card because someone might, you know, have that information. But as you mentioned now, it's it's you know bank accounts and passwords and the ability since so so many transactions are done online that um, you know you, you're definitely exposed. And and it seems to me that that financial uh, theft is is really what's become much more prevalent and much more of a concern these days. Well, definitely. It, it's very profitable for the thieves if they can get your hands on your financial identity. And, and tell me a little bit more about that now in terms of, you know, the, the risk that is, is associated with bank account information, uh, passwords, credit card information. 
it seems like a lot of this is stolen online through some database breach. You know, what, what happens once someone gets their hands on that type of information? Well, there are a lot of different ways that thieves can get their hands on this type of information. You know, we hear about the breaches at Home Depot and Target, and that is one common way that someone can steal your personal information. But there are also uh, oldies but goodies, so to speak. Thieves can go through your trash, find discarded credit card or bank statements, uh, voided checks, incomplete credit card or loan applications, and once that these have this information, they can open false accounts or write fraudulent checks. So while we do hear about these major data breaches, that's not the only way that someone's identity can be stolen. And when this occurs, and I, I don't want to put you in a position here of, of having to necessarily represent more than, than we should talk about in the topic, but just at, at a very high level, do you know offhand if, if a breach occurs, someone takes your identity and starts spending a lot of your money or running up a credit card bill, uh, what's the liability for the original card owner or account owner? You know, it's really going to depend on the card. Um, it's really going to depend on the on the situation. Okay. Um, for example, in Illinois, there are a lot of different ways that you can repair your identity. And uh, specifically, one thing that's um, occurring to me at the top of my head is that in the event of criminal identity theft, you can actually petition the court per specific statute to have your record corrected and expunged. And you can also be found factually innocent of the crime. So there are a lot of it really just depends on, first, the type of identity theft that you're the victim of mm -hmm. and the way in which the thief stole your identity. Okay. And and let's talk about that a little bit. And you mentioned a little bit, but maybe give me some more detail about, you know, how someone can steal your identity. And, and again, is it primarily, are we seeing these instances of, of huge database breaches or is it still a very much a crime of, you know, sort of, one by one, someone hacking in and getting a specific account? Well, it's definitely easier to steal giant swaths of data at one time as opposed to individual passwords. So I think that's why we see these huge, high-profile uh, breaches and why we hear about those, it seems, you know, every other month now. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of glossed over one of your other answers there, which I think is, is very important, so I'd like to kind of go back and take a little time here on this one. Um, you mentioned a sort of a, a list of ways there in which someone might find out after the fact that their identity has been stolen. Kind of walk us through that list mm -hmm. again and, and tell us some of the situations that, that might occur um, when suddenly someone who didn't expect it finds out that they have had a, a breach of some sort. Well, first, unfortunately, there is no early detection system that notifies you immediately when your identity is stolen. But there are several measures that you can take to monitor your personal information. And if you ever find anything amiss in any of these records, it may be proof that your identity has been stolen. So first, uh, someone should always order and review their credit history every year. This is a free service, and you can order the reports online at annualcreditreport.com. On that website, you can, pay, you can also pay to see your credit scores from the three credit bureaus, which are Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. And each of the three credit bureaus charges for the credit report 
for the credit score, but the credit report is actually free. And if you're considering a major purchase in the upcoming year, such as a, a home or a car, it may be worth it to see your to pay the $10, $15 to see your credit score to know if now is the right time to obtain that financing. What most people don't know is that you can also obtain a copy of your driver's license record from your local DMV and a copy of your personal earnings and benefits estimate statement from the Social Security Administration. If there are any inconsistencies in these records, you know, for example, if uh, there's a note that a traffic stop occurred outside of the state in which you live or if you see earnings from a job you've never had, it's possible that your identity has been stolen. Now, there are also more expensive measures that someone can take to discover if their identity has been stolen. There are various companies that offer a service where they will run background checks on their clients. And you could also even hire a private investigator, but obviously this is probably one of the most expensive options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it depends, I suppose, on the situation and, and what you may have found is occurring as to how much of a uh, effort or emphasis you want to put into it. Um, certainly a lot to consider. Identity theft is is a very hot topic these days, and I'm I'm fortunate to have with me on today's podcast Attorney Courtney Kleshinsky of Lavelle Law Limited. Uh, Courtney's been sharing some information on on this particular crime, and it it is a crime, and I I think we want to emphasize that and maybe talk about that. And and in a few minutes here, we'll we'll talk about, you know, how to protect against it. Now, I'd like to certainly say while her participation is of very significant value to me here today, um, let's also promote Courtney's recent work in, in other areas. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a regular visitor to LavelleLaw.com, and I find articles um, that uh, Courtney has posted there and uh, recently read with interest one on, on appealing a property tax bill. And uh, actually, just in time for Halloween recently, she wrote a very interesting article on buying a home that may be believed to be haunted. So a number of different things that she shared and continues to do that with us here on the podcast as well. Um, her profile is available at lavellelaw.com. You can get contact information there. Um, and in addition to the articles, hundreds of podcasts that, that we've done in the past. So um, always stop by and, and actually some new video tutorials up there as well. Um, so as we return to this conversation, when we talk about identity theft, if you do know that something has happened or you're very suspicious that as you talked about places to check, anything that people should do immediately to try and stop the damage, as it were? Contact, your first step should be contacting the credit bureaus. You can put a fraud alert on your file, and the fraud alert lets potential creditors or lenders know that they should not extend additional credit to anyone claiming to be you. This can prevent additional credit cards being opened in your name, uh, auto or home loans being taken out in your name, and is a great first step. There are actually three types of alerts that you can use, each of which lasts for a different length of time. If you only suspect that you have been the victim of identity theft and need additional time to figure out the details, you can place a 90-day hold on your account. And this is called an initial fraud alert. And the second, more drastic fraud alert lasts for seven years. And that is to be used in the case when you know that your identity has been stolen. And then the final fraud alert is is reserved for active duty members of the military and lasts for one year. You can place all of these alerts online. Uh, It's a quick Google search away. And once you have placed a fraud alert on your file, you can remove it anytime, again, online. 
And, and as you go through that, obviously some very important steps, but certain things there that, you know, the individual uh, cardholder or account holder needs to do. Are there are there instances, Courtney, in which it makes sense for someone in this situation to contact an attorney like yourself, other things you can do to help? Oh, certainly, especially in the case of criminal identity theft where a client may have difficulty navigating the court system in order to get their name uh, the criminal, their criminal record that's falsely under their name expunged or declared innocent. You know, clearing your name after you've been the victim of identity theft is and can be an extremely difficult process. Clients can be frightened, frustrated, and an attorney can help the victim navigate the various steps they should take, as well as help focus the client's resources so that the client doesn't waste time or money contacting an agency that ultimately will not be able to assist them. And since every client is unique, their experience with identity theft will be unique as well. And again, a client, uh, an attorney can help guide the client toward the proper agencies who can assist them. And it, I think it goes without saying to reiterate some of the things you had mentioned. This is just something now, unfortunately, that needs to be sort of a, a regular course of action. We all need to sort of be checking and monitoring our accounts on a, on a regular basis because you just don't know when something like this might happen. Exactly. Okay. Well, um, that has actually been uh, a very uh, helpful. But from Courtney Kleschinski, we'd certainly like to spend a little more time, but uh, we do always run up against uh, the clock here. And with that, I'm going to let Courtney get back to her day. Uh, LavelleLaw.com is the website where you can find out more information. And 847-705-7555 is the number to call to speak to Courtney or any of the attorneys at Lavelle Law. Uh, I'm back each Tuesday at 4 o'clock Central with a new guest and topic. When you can't join us at that time, all of our conversations are archived LavelleLaw.com and on iTunes. So just uh, download whatever topic you're interested in. You can take multiple. Uh, they're all available for you for you to uh, uh, take advantage of and learn more on these very important topics. Many more to come, so I hope you'll uh, return to listen to us often. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 